Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206-451-4220. GreatNorthernElectric.com, serving our Bainbridge and Kitsap neighbors with solutions for anything electrical in your home. 206-842-3620. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206 206- 842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com Ladies and gentlemen may I have your attention please the show starts in 10 9 Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, go. Cassville, how you doing? Did you just hit you the totally mic hit already? the mic, guys. Bam. That's Bam. how we start out. <laughs> Coming in blazing. I love it. Woohoo! My guest today, Tony Gaspari. How you doing, brother? How you doing, man? What's going on? Thank you for having me on. This is a real treat. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, just in my local dive, having lunch, and uh, I was like looking over, going, "When did Married with Children get canceled?" <laughs> and then I saw you, and I was like, "This Bud Bundy looking mofo." I was like, "No, he's too tall, too good looking." I still get that. You look like, yeah, you look like that guy, and I play it like I am. I am David Faustino. Yeah, I am. Like, uh, oh, that's amazing. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great, great. And just walk away. I have no idea. I met him once. He's tiny. Yeah. Look, I don't think he looks anything like me, but I get that all the time. He looks a little like you. <laughs> I, I took your guys' pictures side by side, and uh, there's some resemblance. All right. You know, you're, you're a better version. He's Thank pr- you. He's probably a better paid version. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, maybe. I also get that uh, the actor, I, I totally forget his name, the guy um, who plays Lip on the TV show Shameless. Oh, no. You got you, Both your eyes are staring straight. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Good. All right. <laughs> Lip's character is uh, amazing. Love that. I love it. Shameless is definitely um, the vortex of vortexes because I, I think life could never possibly get worse. And each one of the characters in that show proves me wrong. Yeah. And Very well done. You look at somebody like Lip, who's in this situation where you should never really have success, you know, academically in that household. And yet he did. He became very smart. But then he's got all these perversions and he doesn't really know where he fits in in life and where he's going. And you can just see the the pain, but out of all the characters, <laughs> yeah, he's probably the one that's going to make it out. I think that show could have gone on 
you know, another 10 seasons. Oh, could have. I mean, I like how they ended with Fiona. They was, I think. Uh, was don't tell off. me I'm almost through season almost nine. All right. Well, the boat sinks at the end. So there you go. They all die. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got that confused with the Titanic. <laughs> so um, Tony is one of those actors, one of those that. Uh, Talent guys. Yeah, sometimes on a good yeah. day. From Bainbridge via New York now. At the uh, moment, yeah. Born and raised in uh, Nevada. Parents got divorced, came out to here when you were a young kid, right? Yeah, came out, uh, yeah, raised early childhood was uh, Lake Tahoe, California. And then when my parents got divorced, I uh, came up here about middle of eighth grade. And that's on my mom's side of the family. They, I just, it was introduced to BPA, Bainbridge Performing Arts here on the island. And when I came up here, I was a pretty quiet, angry kid from the divorce and all that. So I didn't really know imagine. anybody. So my aunt, uh, Denise Harris and my uncle Bob, Bob Cedarwall were heavily involved with BPA and they are still today, but my uncle Bob passed away a few years ago and, but he's still very well respected in the Bainbridge uh, community, especially the theater community. And I got involved with that and they, uh, I started out with, uh, a thing called grease paint. It was this acting program at BPA for uh, high school kids and middle school kids. And that's when I started out in this acting program and I met the Bakers, a uh, f- family from the island, John Paul, Michael Baker, uh, Mary Elena, Rick Baker. They've been here on the island for years and I consider them family now and they're out. Michael and John Paul are out in New York right now and I'm, I've been working with them for a few years and Michael now is a big casting director for a gateway theater out in New York and is very well respected in the Broadway community. And it, it just... Once I got here on Bainbridge, I was just immersed in that theater background, theater world. Was it the the other kids that were around you, or was it the instructors, or was it just the yeah? I mean, newness? the kids, uh, the kids that were in the, in theater. I found out being older now and looking back at it, they these kids were really passionate about telling a story about not just being on stage and like, hey, look at me. It's just we want to create this project together and. I didn't really quite understand what, what I was doing. I was, I was all brand new to me. I was like, oh, I'm having a great time with these kids. I'm, they're pretty nice. They're all weird. I'm weird. We're all getting along, having a good time. And and then once we started getting into rehearsals and, and more of the structure of the process, uh, I, I saw, I mean, these kids goofed around, but when it came time to work, they, they worked and took it seriously, but had a good time doing it. And early on, it just, it stuck with me, like that work ethic and the people we had, uh, teaching us, uh, like Susie Burdick, Bob McAllister. Uh, we were very, very blessed on, on how they taught us on, on stage etiquette and backstage etiquette, not how to be a jerk. And it was, uh, we were really blessed and to this day, uh, very grateful for the training that I got even through high school. Bob McAllister had a huge impact on me. Um, cause he'd always say once we, our ego would get in the way, he would sit us down and say, don't get above yourself. Mm. And in a, in a very unique way, in a kidding, joking kind of way. But he said, no, don't get above yourself and really make us think about that. And that carries me to this day into auditions or work. Ego is, is a very big part of this business. You have to have an ego without a doubt, mm-hmm. but, uh, you can treat people well and respectfully without being a jerk. And there are some people that just think they're the bee's knees because they have some success, but they <laughs> just the way they treat people is not the best way to go about it. And your reputation does go a long way in the mm. inter- in, in, in entertainment, entertainment industry and all that. But it's, yeah, we hear about the people that uh, separate only the green M&Ms and bottled water from France. And they're out there. It's, uh, 
it's a little much, but sometimes uh, you just kind of have to just roll with the, just roll with the punches on something like that. Just kind of go with it. But you know, I've had the opportunity of working for company management at, at theaters at Gateway Theater, and you know, I've worked with some pretty well respected, well known Broadway actors, and they do have a little little demands here and there that are a little a little much for most of us, but. You just kind of, kind of, just go with it and just, all right, here you go. What do you need? Like this is what, what, whatever allows them to get in, into the work process, whatever allows them to to uh, get the right work done, whatever they need to do to get into the character, we'll let them do it. Like whatever they need, we're here for you. But the thing that uh, really fascinates me about it is every project you do, it's it's an ensemble piece from the crew work, the cast members. That's why I still do it, even though I don't feel like I have a whole lot of success to it. Uh, every time, uh, I go out to a bigger market, I'm getting closer and closer to where I want to be. But the thing that I'm drawn to are the people that are very passionate about it, about the process. And it's very, this is a very doggy dog world. It's a very, it's a constant rat race. And if you don't do it, it's a very unorthodox lifestyle and people do not understand it. So it's easy for people who don't do it and say like, Oh, you're making a lot of life, bad life choices, or maybe life isn't working out for you. It's like, well, I'm just taking a different mountain than you are and the way to go about it. There is no right or wrong way. There are many ways to go about it. And sometimes you just have to reset and start back again. So that's, it's a constant rat race. But the cool thing about it now getting older and, and being, being around people that have been in the industry for a while, they want to create their own content because it is very hard to go out there, put yourself out there for every audition hoping that that casting director will get you the job. They're like, I like you enough. I'm going to get you the job. So now with social media has changed everything. So it is social media is something I don't really, me personally, I don't give a crap about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care. I'm a very private person in general. I don't like post much personal stuff anyways. But with that being said, it's the uh, creating your own content has changed everything. So you can get your face out there, your name out there, but finding the right people that want to create the right content it's, uh, they're out there and it's, and even people on Bainbridge, uh, that's why I keep coming back. I go to LA or New York and keep coming back to Bainbridge because there is a, a small group of people that are very passionate about creating stuff and, and there. There's good content out here and it, you don't need to be a big name producer or a studio name to do all this stuff. I mean, it's stuff getting done. Even we're working on the TV show Rockaway right now that you're probably aware of that's been in the works for a few years and it's yes. finally... It looks like it's starting to finally come into fruition, but it, it takes time. Like there's just getting the funding and it's a constant rat race. Man. That's where I, I was going fun. with the, the Married with Children comment. I was like, no, that's not <laughs> Bud Bundy at all. <laughs> um, but I know this cat. Where do I know this cat from? Because um, I, I, when my father was uh, about to pass, there was an opportunity for me to uh, help out on that movie a little bit or yeah. the series. And... Uh, I was kind of looking forward to it, but I just couldn't do it. But that's when I was introduced to it. Then I found out that, you know, some people that I knew were in it. And then I happened to see your face in some reel or something. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. Then I found out that, oh, that cat's from here. And then hadn't thought about it for two years. And then I just randomly see you in a restaurant. (laughs) We strike up a conversation. Small world. Now we're here producing our own content. I love it. That's it. That's all what it's all about. That's, uh, Yeah. Just have an open heart, open mind, just meet new people. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I used to remember when I first started out, like, oh, I'm never going to turn down a gig. or I'm not going to say no. And sometimes it's okay to say no. Or The power of no is the most empowering thing you can have in my mind. Oh, yeah. 
I tell people no all the time. No, I don't want to do that. It will lead to other opportunities. It's, oh yeah, it's, but I'm, I'm nice, sometimes too nice. And I know that could be my weakness right there, but learning to say no does open other opportunities, but. It's like a superpower. What is your superpower? Man, that's a good question because I'm a big old superhero nerd for without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> well, let's, let me let me lead you to water here. <laughs> um, you you have a huge martial arts background, correct? I do, I very much do. Yeah. Is there an inspiration behind that? Because you started pretty young and you continue to do that for a long time. I do. I still continue to do that. Uh, Haven't you been in a few movies with the you know? The, nunchucks or whatever <laughs> you know surprisingly surprisingly uh every time i go to a martial art audition and i've got auditions for some big films with with some fighting background mm-hmm. like fight uh, some big films and it's like yeah this is awesome going in because i've i have the skill without a doubt I've, i love going into a fighting audition because it's like it, it's it, it gets me excited you can hear it in my voice right now i love doing it every single time casting director is like yeah you got the skills you look too nice yeah. You look too uh, boy next door, like too friendly. I'm like, man, damn, dude, I will whoop your ass if I could. But <laughs> but they just had, they have a different vision you know, of, of what a fighter looks like. But I, I like to tell them, like, I just don't get hit much. I'm that good. Oh, uh, like, I just get out. Like, just go. Oscar De La Hoya, right? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, never works. But 100 fights and, and not, a, not a speck on his face. Not but, a speck on my face. That's it. Because I can't get me. I'm just too good. But it never works. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, I've had to. Yeah, I've, I've, but I'm getting older now, man. It's like, dang, I don't know if I can do it much anymore. <laughs> so my favorite movie, and this is kind of full circle for you probably, is uh, Pope of Greenwich Village. Okay. And Eric Roberts was in the Rockaway yeah. series. Yeah. The, I saw <clears throat> yeah. a reel where, yeah, yeah. what were you, yeah, a mechanic we, yeah. or something? And he's That was for the proof money. of concept for uh, for Rockaway. And then um, Garrett Bennett, the, the director, knew, knew Eric through- Yeah, yeah. I think some kind of film school or so, years back, but I remember when I met Eric, I, was, I pulled him aside like, Eric, dude, I'm a huge fan of your work. Uh, I love Best of the Best. It's still one of my favorite movies. When That's some karate movie, Yeah, right? when he was younger. And that, yeah, it was great. Because he was really he, He's into martial arts as well. And so we, we hit it off. Like, we just started talking shop. And I told him, at the time, I owned a gym, a CrossFit gym right down the street where we were filming. And I said, if you want to come in every time and work out, let's do it. And it was just a super cool dude. But uh, yeah, we just talked martial arts because he was a martial artist as well. And I remember young, I don't know, I saw like a Van Damme movie when I was a with a friend in Who? a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where Who? he was Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. That's my friend, Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's, uh, he, we were doing, um, we were watching, he, I don't know, he was doing some s- splits between the chairs. Oh yeah, that was an epic scene. So my friend and I like had an Like an iron idea. cross. Yeah, with, exactly. With his, legs. with his legs. So at the time, my friend and I decided, I want to do that. We're going to do it right now. Mm-mm. No, no, no. We forced ourselves to, we pushed each other down until we were able to do the split. It was painful. Yeah, not the smartest idea, but we were young and we were able to do it Flexible. at the time. Well, he forcibly, we, we, we got there eventually. But do, able to do that and watching that, that movie kind of inspired me to get into martial arts. And then that, that week later, I, my mother signed me up for like a Taekwondo class and I just ate it up. I don't know. Do you think you have an addictive personality? Sure, yeah. Because you jumped into acting's head first, into martial arts head first, and never looked back, never quit. Pretty much, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I believe so. Sure. And it's, I mean, martial arts is a way of life for me. It's still, I, mean, I still train, and it's, 
Yeah, I mean, I like being in shape and all that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I remember being in shape. Um, full circle, though, Mickey Rourke was in Pope of Greenwich Village with Eric Roberts. That's right. And what That's did he do when his uh, movie career started failing? Start, started He's, boxing. Started boxing. Yeah. And got his face bashed, bashed in quite him. a bit. And then his career took off again. Yes. So yeah. I, I'm willing to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> Get, uh, get a couple marks on your face. Maybe. You know, change if I can your look back, a little bit. <laughs> well, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. Like seeing these actors that are making it, are having uh, some pretty big success later in their career, gives me hope that I I still have hope. There's hope for me yet. So yeah, the, rest, it's all good. the Wrestler was an incredible comeback movie for him. He's good. He, he's. I do like Mickey Rourke. He's, uh, he's yeah, he's, he, he's out there, man. But Harley uh, Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Classic. Those are two icons, Don Johnson. I have seen likes. that movie, yes. Yes, I have seen those movies, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm geeking out on you, sorry. Um, yeah, there, I think there's an incredible talent pool here. You know, we were talking oh, yeah. earlier about Chris Catan from Chris Saturday Catan, Live. Yeah, from Bainbridge here. Um, um, Dove Cameron was from BPA. Yep, yep, she yep. She went yep. on to be absolutely. on Shameless. Yep, absolutely. And uh, what was that Twins show that she had on Disney? Oh, totally drawing a blank from the twin. Uh, yeah, me too. But yeah, there's quite a few talent pool. Even a, a couple of kids recently. There were there was a I totally forget the kid's name that was on a Netflix show recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the two kids that um, made that great documentary about living yes. a dollar a day. Yeah, a lot of talent out here. Lots. It's really and then, cool. You know, we have our Edge Improv with John Ellis. Yeah, um, absolutely. Tom Challoner. Yeah, doing uh, indie theater. Just had an audition for them. They're starting to put out some really good content. And it's 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 really nice to see theaters starting to do starting to stray away from musicals. I love musicals, but I'm not really a musically trained actor. It's, I don't know. I, I kind of get lost in, in musicals, and it's like oh, I don't know. I heard right? a story about you dancing around oh. know, with Princess Cone when you were in eighth grade. How in the hell did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah, I got my yeah. sources. <laughs> yeah, also said you had the little uh, shaved head with the rat tail on top. Yeah, yeah. Back, oh, wow, dude. That's with, when John Paul and I, we were in grease paint, and they were holding auditions, and we gotten, we broke into the costume shop at BPA, and we threw on the cost, <laughs> like princess costumes, and we were running around, and and the director, Todd, I forget, Todd, I forget his last name, Hamilton, I want to say, he, I believe he passed away a few years ago, uh, amazing Shakespearean director. <laughs> oh, he ripped us, he ripped us a new one. He caught us, and he was, he just ripped us a new one. He put us in our place, and that, that's when we learned early on like yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't mess around because he he lesson learned like don't put on a princess outfit and run around during auditions never works well but i got the part so I, <laughs> yes the bravery right yeah and when i first came up here i had the grunge era like I had the really long hair back in a ponytail just always wear wore back and then for christmas one year my mom asked me to like please just cut it off uh, the so christmas just, photo time Cut it off, and she kept it. I think she still has it as a Christmas ornament to this day. <laughs> Get out. Uh, you know, today you'd be uh, doing all those costumes and, and taking selfies and posting that, right? Pretty much, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's how times change. <laughs> but, you know, you were saying about producing content. You look at – it's been going on for a long time, whether it be Sylvester Stallone writing Rocky and wanting to hold on to that project and becoming an actor. I guess Ryan Reynolds was slated to be Rocky and – that never would have worked for nine wow. other versions. Yeah, no way. Oh, uh, wow, that's interesting. Alfred Hitchcock, you know, mm -hmm. he wrote, directed, and, yep. and was in it, I believe, every movie he made, correct? I believe so, yeah. I believe you're yeah. correct. So the the concept of not being, um, what's the word, 
beholden mm-hmm. to all these other outside, you know, casting director, uh, director, studio, all this other stuff is, is really nice. It's a freedom to express yourself. Exactly. I mean, I was really into painting in high school and I liked visual arts very much, but now it's a different type of outlet for me. It's audio plus the visual yeah. type of little cartoon makeups or whatever about the guests coming on. And, yeah. and I enjoy that. And it's a process of happiness. Really. I get to talk to anybody I want say whatever I want and yeah. uh, do whatever I want. <laughs> and there's nothing over, over my head, which was real nice. Not a bad gig. No, um, doesn't pay for shit, but <laughs> Hey, you know, well, that's right now. Yes. Um, a lot of the stuff, I mean, I do get paid for gigs. I, I do get work that the tough part is getting consistent work. I but, wasn't implying you didn't get paid. I was talking oh, about sure. but, but even those, <laughs> even still, like I, I will do projects for free. Because if I believe in the project or the script, it's something that I, I'm attracted to this project. Absolutely. It's, it is it is all networking because you never know years down the road you might end up working <clears throat> Excuse me, with the same people again. You just absolutely yeah. never know. And then what's interesting, because now in New York, uh, taking acting classes and now I'm starting to get with a group of people. We're just starting to play around with our own content. I mean, just getting – here were some different shot angles we're going to play around with. But we doing some research and what's – cool about this is like Vin Diesel, uh, how he kind of got started. Like he created a, a short film, uh, about an audition process, like a 20 minute film, short, brilliant, very well done. He did everything, all, everything, all, all himself. Somehow Steven Spielberg saw that and put him in uh, saving private Ryan through that just by watching that something he did very well done. It took him some time, but there are ideas out there. It's like, wow, wow. I mean that it, it gives actors hope. Not just being like being seen and getting other projects, of course, but creating work, mm-hmm. doing your own stuff. And it, it, it's, it's, it's exciting for me and the other people to, to be doing this stuff. It's, I love the whole process. I'm one of those actors where I get an audition. I love it. It's mm-hmm. kind of creepy. And some people, some actors don't, but I love the, the moment I see the sides, I get the notification. I love the whole process of, of it. it. Is it dopamine rush for you? It, it very much, it absolutely is. And in reality, when you go to audition, it is a blessing because I get to act that day. It, it, it really is. I get so to go So you're doing in. your craft no matter what. Absolutely. I, I get to show these people, like, if you come impaired or not, like, I get to show them what I can do and hopefully. Another experience to get you Exactly. Better. And it's, uh, it's a numbers game. If you're in the big enough market, Casting directors know you, and if you're nice, they'll throw you a bone here and there. Sure. Yeah, I, I look at the Law and Order casting company. Oh yeah, and those guys just kind of recycle and repeat in all yep. kinds of New York crime dramas. Absolutely. Oh, that's like out in New York. Yeah, you, you see the casting breakdowns for all the same shows all the time, but they're—I mean—they constantly, it's just constant. And, work. and your money, if you can be a, a medic, a cop, or, yeah, or a drug dealer. Yeah, that's when I started out. Uh, when I got into the union, sat, uh, and after I was, uh, I started out as a cop on One Life to Live. And I didn't realize at the time when I auditioned, it was like some workshop, but it, the casting director actually like offered me something, some just background work at first. Mm-hmm. And then they started me, they started having me doing some uh, police work, background stuff, and they gave me more stuff. And then I didn't realize at the time they gave me a small character. And one of the, uh, believe it or not, it was one of the, uh, when I first got on one of the, the sets at One Life to Live, they filmed that in uh, upstate, not upstate, or uptown New York in, in NYC. They when I was in college, one of the uh, PAs was working on One Life to Live, but I worked with this PA. He was my director in one, like my college final uh, play that we did some weird called Voidcheck, some weird, crazy show, kind of really out there. But he was the director, 
And I didn't recognize him at first, but he recognized me. And he's like, hey, you know what? I had a good time working with you. I'm going to throw you a bone. We're going to make you a cop. And it's uh, like, like, welcome to the family, pretty much. Like, this is how you're going to kind of get going from here. And it was a real blessing. It was pretty cool. So that was a consistent gig for about a year and a half of just working on One Life to Live. It was pretty fun. Officer Garrison. I was the cop. I was getting coffee or checking the files. That's nice. <laughs> but never, went, never went for donuts? No. One time I was able to, there was a crime scene and they had me, I was one of the cops and had to go die for the body. That was cool. And that was about, I was like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, stuff keeps circling. I, I often think about the lady that does the progressive commercials flow. Yeah. She was in a improv troupe for like 20 years, busting her ass, going to all these auditions, was on her final audition for progressive and said, if I don't get this, I'm done. Exactly. She, she was at that point and then she got it and then it just Changed kept everything. going. It was like, she's the new Snapple lady. Yeah. there's it, <laughs> And the residuals from commercials versus uh, acting on a show, much different. And yes. now just oh, like yes. music, those residual checks are smaller and you have to get Very much small. past Very your rookie smaller. contract like the NFL. You got to get three to five, whatever years it takes. But yep. progressive and there's- the guy from Oz too, the the mayhem guy. Mm-hmm. He was a New York actor, and you know, kind of playing the cop or the drug dealer on a casting group out there in New York. And then, but now he has. That's interesting because man, it's it 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 just takes time. It's a numbers game, and and you have to believe it that it will happen. Uh, it, it's hard, man, because everyone thinks they want to be an actor, but they don't realize it's a lot of work. It's a grind. It's a lot of work. Even when you get the job, there's still a lot of work, and you can still lose the job even when you're. Filming the job, like, or it, yeah, I've seen actors, or you can do buy, all the work and it doesn't get distributed. Yeah, or I was up. my first time, my first like major gig. I was in Ten Things I Hate About You, and they filmed. I was in Think a Senior in High School, and they filmed it in Tacoma. And I had a scene with the main actors. I was a hacky sacker, close up and everything. I told everybody, everybody, hey guys, guess what? I'm in this movie. Well, the movie came out. You Cut weren't. that scene. Yeah, it's like, hey Tony, where were you? Ha ha. I was like, ah, foot. Mouth. <laughs> yeah. So lesson learned kind of a thing. But it's... There's also the people that just walk up, no experience, and get typecast and are on go from there on out. Yes. It drives me nuts a little bit. A little bit. But uh, sometimes when you see something like that, they have a very unique look or something very specific that stands out that they... Right. It, it, I don't know. It's just... Um, Tom Sizemore comes to mind. He just looks freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? So Especially he gets now. every freaking crazy role there is. But that's the thing. Well, when he's awake. Well, yeah, younger here, like you don't want to be typecast, but actually, you do. You want to find your type and typecast it. So you, you want to get work, right? That's yeah, typecast yourself. Absolutely. So it just took me years to figure out or create a character within yeah, yourself. Yeah, true, absolutely. But uh, it, it's just being vulnerable and bold enough to make decisions in the audition that just it's it's just a bold decision. Yeah. What separates you from the rest? Why? It's hard, yeah. Why does your line sound different? Than his line, but it's the same line. Yeah, it's just uh, a lot of, it's very cutthroat, a lot of competition. What, but is, what are some of your tricks? Like, do you yell fire when you're out in the room with all the other actors? No, <laughs> no, actually, I, what I do, I try to, a lot of the times now, it's because with through film, I mostly focus on film, but I will do theater as well. But for film, for example, uh, they'll have sides from, from the script and they'll give you maybe sometimes like a day or two to have, to have the, the material. So you're kind of comfortable with it. Uh, First thing first is try to 
be off book the best you can, be comfortable with it, and then go ahead and break down, um, try to figure out like what, because a lot of the, a lot of the time they won't give you any information about what exactly is going on. Like here's the character breakdown. It's kind of what he looks like. Here's a scene and go. And they just kind of want to see what you'll do with that. So it's even half, a lot of the time, the casting directors, the directors, they have no idea what they're looking for until an actor does something like that's it. That that's, that's what we're looking for. There we go. So it, a lot of the time that has happened where I just come in and a lot of the time it's, it's fighting the nerves because you're always going to be nervous and that's a good thing for you. It's if you're not nervous, something's wrong, I think, but, uh, you don't care about it enough. <laughs> exactly. Like you're always, you're going to be nervous, but, um, it's just really coming in and owning the space and not being sorry for anything. And it's, and it's okay. They want the casting directors, they want you to do well. They want you to succeed. So knowing that, like reminding myself, like this is a project, this is an interview. This is, this is pretty much, it's a job interview what I'm doing. So do you get to keep a reel of every audition and then not audition? No. Um, no, when they audition, they, they send it off to the director or casting director or whatever, or usually the casting director is there the producer or director or whatnot. And then uh, we'll never see those, those copies again, or we'll never hear like, God, he sucked or the hell's he thinking? They always pop up though. When you get famous, there's the, exactly. Sometimes or the one thing that, or yeah, when you have that part, that, that breakout role that got you famous. But yeah, I mean, that's, but the audition process, it's, I I love it. I'm totally fascinated by it. But when you come in in the room, you see all your talent, like, well, he's 10 times better than looking at me. Well, dang. And then it starts getting in your head and, like you got you got to throw all that out of your head because they I mean there there's some auditions where like yeah screen test like here's your contract there's your competition you got 2 minutes to impress us go they want to see how well you would do under pressure so I get it it's it's very time it's it's scary at times and it's mm. uh just finding your voice and being confident with your own abilities so it's what's your process to memorize lines ooh i have a few different ways like sometimes I'll uh if i'm struggling with it i'll rewrite it as i say it i'll rewrite it down just to kind of do it that way more if I'm doing more like Shakespeare text or um, older kind of text. Do you have to be able to do Shakespeare to act? No, not at all. What seems no. to be the Lipton's test? No, but it, being a um, a theater actor going to film definitely translate translates easier because theater actors uh, you, you're trained to be in the moment. If something goes wrong, like you still have to carry that carry that moment going, carrying the show going on. If something some stage piece falls, whatever, like you still have to be in the moment. So stage actors, I think they can, they can take more choices. And I've seen film actors trying to go to stage where it's a little more challenging for them because the film, it, they pick up everything. You can be the tiniest, tiniest little movement can pick up, pick up but in theater. You have to amplify that 10 times more, just a lot more. So it, it, it can be challenging. I don't know. I'm kind of telling I'm totally lost in track of where I'm going right there. <laughs> totally spaced out. <laughs> write it down. Write it uh, down. Right, exactly. Write it down. Memorization. No, it's just I'm doing it for so long that um, I'm pretty quick to memorize pretty easy. If I just repeat it enough, I get it, and then I just stick with it. And then that's – it also helps when you break down the, the script as well. When you do the work as an actor, like you're given circumstances and all that, uh, it does help. But I don't know. I've been doing it for so long. It doesn't take me too long to memorize things, and it's – I don't know. It's, it's – pretty easy for me i think most actors are pretty good at it what's the most difficult part about acting <sighs> crying uh man acting is always a challenge there's always going to be a challenge to it uh yeah crying can't it can be it... What, what about being in a scene with someone else and they're not 
making a connection with you, like eye and body language and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. but they're saying their lines correct. It's hard. It, that, and you're not getting the, uh, what do you call it? The the reaction you need? Yeah, or, or re- receiving each other, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that has happened. It's 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 hard. Um, sometimes if you feel that, sometimes the actor just needs to take control of the scene or maybe like take the time to, I'm going to make eye contact with you until you make eye contact and then I'll say something until they kind of connect. But it's, that's, that's when the nerves come, come in where, Oh, am I missing a line? Or when you, when you start thinking as the actor, not the character, like, Oh, Mm. something happened. Oh, oh, I missed a cue or, and then you start breaking character kind of a sense. And usually that's what rehearsals for where stuff like that doesn't happen. You have time to play where you have enough time in that rehearsal process where these weird odds moments happen where you can make kind of make it work during a show but film of course it's completely different if you mess up like they can just cut direct and cut and do it again but theater yeah i mean it's uh and you're currently doing theater right now i am yeah i'm actually i had going flying out back out to new york tomorrow back to gateway theater to do a regional show of the bodyguard and i found out this is one of the the second th- second uh theater in the country that's doing this it's only been on tour for in Europe and US. Are we talking the European bodyguard or Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston bodyguard or Kevin, Con- Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston bodyguard, but it's it's a stage production. So it's more it's not it's a musical, but it's not so much a comedy, it's more of a crime thriller and they make it more of a rock concert. So it's interesting how they're going to it's not your traditional musical in a sense where you have dance numbers and musical numbers and yay, we're all happy. It's very much follows like the film. Uh, it's more of following a star and the ensemble come together, but it it's written as a crime thriller, but a musical. It's very interesting, but no, I'm just ensemble, small little part, but I, it's a big deal for me because it's, I, I have an opportunity to get into equity with this, with this project. So I'm pretty stoked and I'm, what does that mean exactly? I, it's a union for a stage work. Like I can do broad, more Broadway stuff in New York, uh, better paying more bigger credits. So, and I thank gateway theater for this opportunity and Michael Baker, who's the casting director threw me a bone on this one. So thank you very much. And I'm very excited for this to be doing this. And you never know what's, um, you never know. I don't know what's going to happen after this project. I may stay out, stay on New York for a little bit. And, but there's, there, there's always projects, man. There's always opportunities. And I have agents out, out in New York, agents out, out here in Seattle. So it's, I go, I just go where the opportunities, man. Agents just get a percentage of what they book or <clears throat> yeah, 10 or 15%. Uh, usually, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if you're nice, yes, you'll pay them. But usually how like the, the agents will uh, do your negotiating for you, for your pay and all that. So it's, they, they really do fight for you because <laughs> you can be taken advantage of as an actor and do some pretty crazy stuff for very little pay and very dangerous stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, sometimes the production company doesn't really care. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to earn your SAG card too, right? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a catch 22. Well, how do I do union work? You got to do union work, but I got very lucky. I was very fortunate. Well, when I was doing, uh, one night to live, it was after at the time. And then when I joined after SAG and after uh, merged together, so I didn't have to do other work to join SAG after I got very, I got married into it. So, but now it's, it's very expensive to, to get into it. And I'm even thinking of going FICOR right now, which means, uh, I can pause my membership or my union status and still do non-union stuff. And then when I want to do union stuff, I, I can try to reinstate it and go back that way. It's tough, man. Cause I, I've been union for a while and then thinking, even my agent said, maybe you should go FICOR just 
just to get more work. Because there, there are a million ways to make uh, money in the entertainment industry besides acting, like print work, modeling, stuff that I never even thought about that it's like, oh, yeah, I can't actually do that. I don't know why I didn't do that before. So it's. I could always be a keyboy grip. I think that's a title, right? Absolutely. Keyboard grip. And and they get paid. <laughs> they get paid to do what stuff. What do they do, though? I always see that credit. I'm like, keyboy grip. <laughs> it just is something there. only a boy can do and not a girl? <laughs> no, I think it's neutral gender. It's, uh, yeah, I think you're good now. A- anybody can do it. Boy or girl or it, yeah, whatever. They don't list it like that, though. <laughs> not anymore. It's a key grip. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, that's... Uh, I often think I can play a dead guy on the side of the road, too, motionless. That's in my acting wheel, I think. Yeah, it's uh, in theater, it's a little bit hard to play a dead dude because the audience watches you. If you're on stage playing a dead dude, it's hard. But in film, you can even if you watch some some dead actors on film, you can see them breathing. It's like, <laughs> all right, it's not that hard. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, if you're face down, hopefully you don't. Exactly. Yeah, uh, man. What, tell me about the point system. Like I was talking to John Comfort, who did um, – he was a SIF president, and he would, recently did a film, but he didn't pay anybody. But the – Two main actors, I think they got two points, and then everybody from Key Grip to the ensemble got one point, which meant that they were going to profit share sure. the distribution money. Is that something that you see uh, often? Not too, not too much. Uh, yeah, you you do see like a car, um, like per diem per pay, like depending on on if the project makes any money, if there's any money to be made, it will be handed out to whoever does get paid. Uh, yeah, a lot of the times, um, if you're starting out for a, a newer project, you'll get copy and credit, meaning like you'll, you'll have it on your resume. So, I mean, when you depend, if you depend, if you're like a film, if you're a director or more a crew person, they'll give you a credit from that. But if it's union, yes, like obviously you'll get paid and all that, but uh, a point, I'm not too familiar with the point system. Uh, I know like if, if as an actor, if you get like a, a waiver or a Taft Hartley, those are uh, like, a po- you need like three of those to get offered to be allowed into the union a taft hardly in a waiver the same pretty much same thing if one of the pas ask you a background like hey i need you to say this line or step this way and like okay but for this and then yeah great that's that's a point towards towards the union kind of thing it could be uh i'm not familiar too familiar with how the crew work how the crew points work with that it could be the same thing if you have enough a certain number of credits like you can be eligible to join the union possibly it might be the same thing if it's three or more. I'm not too sure. But for actors, you have to have three three of those to uh, be eligible to join the union. So hopefully that answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, what part of New York are you staying in? Right now, I'm out in Long Island. And I don't it, – it's different. It's uh, Same size as Bellbridge. Bell, what are you talking kinda, about? Kind of. A little bit. <laughs> just a little bit longer. Yeah. So I'm out in Bellport right now. Uh, it's Bellport. What's eastern that? Long Island. It's a small little. That's where a Gateway Theater is actually located. Um, it's it's out there. It's way. It's east. The kind of the south shore of the island. Um, it's pretty nice. A lot of a lot of celebrities live out there. Pretty close to the, closer to the Hamptons, so it's it's not bad. I'm not a huge fan of New York. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> no, it's uh, there's it, a lot of opportunity. That's for sure. And, and I'm in the city a lot for auditions, and just in the city a lot. I I just don't like the. Uh, I just don't like the, the city feel of it. I really? prefer, I love, I love it out here. I love it out here. That's why I come and go all the time. Like mm-hmm. people think like, what God, brought you out th- this last week? Uh, 
I've been home for a couple of weeks. It was just New York, just like, I need a break. I just need a little, I just need to reset and go again. Sometimes do some hiking and stuff like that. Exactly. Just kind of reset them. I do that all the time. And, and actors do that all the time. You have to, cause you give, you put so much of yourself out there and just, I did so much, I, I worked a lot out there and it's, uh, and there's some frustrations with it. There, there always is. So when there, when there are times where you feel like you're mentally, mentally drained, you need to recharge. And then, then you're able to, when you do that, you're able to bring a lot more to the table because you're living life in a sense. I mean, mm. I've seen actors that they're young and they're like, I can want to be an actor, but you haven't lived life yet. Like you don't really know what to bring to the table. So I'm starting to learn now. It's, it's okay to kind of take your time with things. Yeah. Things I, try, happen. I try to tell my kid, you can be anything you want. And just because you're this today, yeah. that doesn't mean you're pigeonholed in exactly. that forever. And so I, I tend to, I mean, I, I do whatever I feel I need to do. Like I'll follow, I'll take this job here and there, but just as long as it's, it's flexible enough for me to do, to go audition. And, and I'm very, I make that very clear with every job I do or, or take, but it's, it's quality life issue. You know, it's, it is. It's yeah, it absolutely being is. joyful and happy. It is. And, and, and there are some times where it can be very stressful. And mind you, I put that on myself, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, but all said and done, like I'm doing some, I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm able to, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I can go anytime, anywhere at any time. That's a real blessing. It really is. And, and meeting the, meeting enough people in the entertainment industry where they, they do the same thing. Like they're not living in LA or New York. They go time at months at a time, but they have their home. They, mm-hmm. they have, they do other things and it's, it's kind of nice because I do other things as well, like CrossFit and martial arts as well. So, I mean, I do other things to bring it, bring more to the table. So I, that's why I always like to stay in shape. It just, I'm always prepared for the next opportunity. I'm just always ready. That's what I try to do. It just a straight philosophy. Ready. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, some actors, I, I don't know when I get in, gotten to CrossFit, like, I, I don't know, c- coming back from here when I lived in New York for nine years in the city, coming back here, I don't know, something just changed where I started training a lot and, and just really made that a lifestyle. And that is, it's helped me. I believe in my acting career, just it, a better work ethic uh, for acting wise. I mean, I'm, I'm lazy as crap. Like I don't, I'm lazy. If I can, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to work, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, have to, I still have to remind myself that it's, no, I'm doing a lot, man. And I'm doing pretty well. So it's, that's it's, why you want to be like on Sopranos or something where you can just eat all the slices you want. All you want, man. When you're on, when you're on like a, no oh, craft man. service, dude, your union, oh, they hook you up. Yeah. It's like, dang, this is nice. I mean, they take care of you. I often think that, you know, that's probably where the lucrative money is, being Ooh. the caterer for all these Man. shots in New York. They make some, dang, they have some good food too. It's like, damn, this is nice. And then your background, you're not, you're onion, you're like, they're your bagels. Get over there and shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your carbs and shut up, fatty. There's no locks. <laughs> exactly. It's, <laughs> it's just cream cheese and bagels. But yeah, it's it's pretty nice though. And if in the union, they definitely do. They definitely take care of you. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah, my wife's from New York, so we go out there often. I'm actually going at the end nice. of the next month. Nice. Um, I like to go to Manhattan, even though she lives a her family lives up by Syracuse. Awesome. I try to make a day out of Manhattan. It used to be like the day after Christmas, I'd always go in because everything was 75% off. Yeah. Store must close. Then you. <laughs> <laughs> you go back the next day, it's, it's still like open under new management. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. But the garment district, you know, you can get some good clothes, but then- I was like, I don't need to dress up for anything. That's, that's New York's, you dress up to go out for everything. 
Yeah, I, I don't need those clothes anymore. And so I know when I'm, I'm out there, I'm like, oh, I want to get a, a ni- oh, I want to get nicer clothes. And then when I come out here, I'm like, oh, I don't give a crap. Like, no, nah, who cares? Right. It's I'm, I'm whatever's comfortable. It's a layered look out here for exactly. sure. And even still out in New York, like I'll, I'll wear what's comfortable more like gym stuff, just laid back stuff. And I'm just laid back. That's it. I don't, I mean, when I, I hate dressing up to be honest, cause I just feel restricted. <laughs> I'm a big uh, fan of the Chelsea area. Oh yeah. It's beautiful and, out there. And it's nice. the, this is a shout out to uh, Bainbridge Pride Month and uh, the the gay district there and there's all these gyms. Yeah. And I'll walk down there and I'm completely intimidated, not because these guys are gay, but they're muscular and very well dressed. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wow, you could just snap me in half. Yeah. Easily. (laughs) Um, And I love the um, culture in, in New York. Oh yeah. There was a lot of culture. When I first went there, it was the heat wave and John F. Kennedy Jr. crashed and died and people were not, their air conditionings weren't working and the elderly couldn't get out of the big story places. And summers um, are still brutal. Then the garbage company went on strike. Oh yeah. And I don't know if people on Bainbridge know how the garbage system works on Long Island, but they just dropped the stuff. The biggest mountain or hill on Long Island is the trash heap. I thought that was, oh, look at that mount, mountain. I'm going to go a nice little hike. No, so that's, that's the, the trash heap. And yeah, it's just years, of that for me and years me. just building up. So I, I, but it was like 115, I think, degrees. It was humid. And too. everybody's garbage was on the curb and it had been there for weeks. And the, I was staying near Harlem and the rats probably going to town bigger than cats oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and it's so ironic too because like probably cockroaches too 20 years later i see morgan uh spurlock's rats documentary <laughs> and how they're about to outnumber us seven to one or whatever population wise and i don't come across rats here on Bainbridge island Not but in new much. york yeah i don't come across cats in new york <laughs> no rats you'll see more rats than cats that's for sure yeah the island's pet friendly place man there's some rats out here sure there's so many dogs and cats out here and it's nice i like it uh, there's a cat gun missing every day by the way yeah coyotes man they look well fed yeah out and they yeah they seem to be uh making a population resurgence here too mm-hmm. there was a couple of years where it seemed like they were kind of howling at night like looking for their yeah. their pack mates and stuff and it was getting louder and louder and more often and now i'm like I just walk up and see three or four coyotes in there. They're happy as can be. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're up at my, my mom's property all the time because we're close to Gasm Lake up there. And it's they're around all the time. All the time. Gasm Lake's got the worst mosquito problem. That's why I never go up there. <laughs> no. I used to walk my dogs up there and nice wide trail. Yeah. You know. When you get close to the water, it's, yeah. It's hell. It's a feasting ground for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because there's, there's not much tidal flow in Lake Gasm either. There's just so much. Just still um, water right there, pretty much. What do you call it? Uh, lily pads and grass and stuff that's kind of sucking ground the oxygen out of that. Yeah. Even uh, New York, I mean, they have mosquitoes on Long Island or just whatever, man. Well, in upstate New York, too, you got to be careful of the ticks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no I'm, joke. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm not a fan of New York. There's also everything's. I think, uh, like, New York is great. Except the winter and summer. Besides that, it's fantastic. I mean, the winter, it's brutal. The summer, it's awful. I love all the superheroes on the street and the pandas and <laughs> people Panhandlers, like that. exactly. Panhandlers dressed as pandas. <laughs> <laughs> and then the pizza culture, man. 
Oh, you see best. the craziest the people pizza. outside pizza yeah. places, and you can get a slice anytime. And Anywhere. It's anytime. Like a buck, buck 50. Yep, 250 the most. That's right. it. And, and it's huge. If you're not folding it, it's not, it's not correct. Yeah. It's not, it's not a piece of pizza. It's like people walking around here with a map <laughs> like, or, or an umbrella. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> what do you Bring doing? a bumper shoot to the like, rain. They're not from around here. Exactly. <laughs> you, you got a layer, man. Cortex yeah. was invented out here. Yeah. New York, it, the city's changed a lot. It's, I mean, it's still crowded, still dirty and all that, but it's, I mean, the subway, it's cool now because you have Wi-Fi on the, in the subways now, which is crazy. So something crazy goes on. Like you get hold of anybody at any time. It's kind of nice, I guess. <laughs> Taking the subway is hot too. Oh man, living in this in that city, I've seen everything. I've never, I've had everything happen to me except a gun pulled on me. Yeah. I got you beat. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. I used to live in Belltown for fifteen years, and it was Crazy. before it got all developed, and there was right. vacant lots, and crack ec- epidemic was going on. I was Still at bad. Garfield High School for a long time there. Dang. So there was a lot of drama going on. It was pre, you know. Google camera on everybody. Exactly. You couldn't get away with anything. <laughs> yeah. And there was no, you know, people were typing in 999 into the register. You know, there was no <laughs> barcodes to scan. So somebody would be like, oh, hey, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not 999 today. It's 499. Hook you up. <laughs> yeah. Different, different world. But I look at Seattle now. Are you familiar with Seattle dying? And uh, Seattle looks like shit. And it's a different couple now. Of these movements. Yeah. It's, uh, Reading about like being in New York the last couple of years, like the homeless movements—you're starting to hear about that now more in the yeah, national San, news. San Francisco and Seattle yeah. are leading the way in um, opiate addiction and homelessness. And now, you know, you go down to Seattle, and you'll see occasional fire from an encampment. Yeah. And now, you, there's a lot of people making movies or documentaries about this, but nobody really agrees on the solution or where the problem is. It, is it law enforcement? Is it city council? Is it heroin? Is it uh, oxycodone is it fentanyl, fentanyl is it mental illness and i gotta say it's it's all of that and affordable housing and programs but bottom line seattle and san francisco the climate wise and the affluence mm-hmm. allows more people to be homeless here yeah. you know because we're having another pop-up tent uh rv lot mm-hmm. uh church opens up you know we welcome these people but we don't always find the services for it. But true, yeah. I, re- yeah. I recognize that Seattle's starting to go the way of New York and dirty and filthy. And it used to be a time where Seattle was one of the cleanest cities. Yeah, it's, it's different now. Like even out in living out in Long Island, it's Eastern Long Island. Like that Manhattan feel, it, it's carried over to that, and it's the mentality's there too. Even though it's a small town, but it's a, a big town feel, and it's. And kind of feeling that in, in Seattle now. It's it's it, I even I've been back a little bit and even been in the city a couple of times. It's just different. It's definitely different. Yeah, I, there's a huge fear here on the island that the Seattle push is coming this way. Yeah, I think it's here. I mean, this island is blown up. It's it's not the same from growing up as a kid. Like it's yeah. Tell me some of your memories of living here as a kid. Not much here. <laughs> like a lot of trees. Not much to do. Uh, no, it's very. I mean, it's very much the same, of course, but I mean, there's just not as many people or, or more buildings, but mind the time that was no social media or internet too, as well. Like it was just starting to become a thing where we spent a lot more time outdoors and entertaining ourselves. So it's a very special childhood growing up here. Cause we did some really unique things, always outdoors, like 
always something we had to do it. And it was, it was, a, it was a very special time, man. It's cool. And it's, maybe I'm still drawn to that's why I wouldn't want to come back here. Cause now that my, my sister has a kid and they're living here, it's, it's exciting to kind of introduce them to like, Oh man, this is what I used to do. Like, check this out. This is going to be great. And it's, this is a very <clears throat> special place. It really is. And being away from it for some time, it, yeah, I remember not living here. Like, oh, I can't wait to get out of here. And this place sucks. Is that how you felt when you left high school? <clears throat> Sometimes. I mean, I mean, coming from uh, moving, moving here from a broken family and from another place, like I didn't, I felt like it wasn't too terrible. It was just different, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked it a lot where I didn't feel like, oh, this place isn't too bad at all. It's like, it's not too sh- crappy in a sense, but there were, uh, what I wanted to do, this wasn't the place for me to do it, but it was, I still feel like I have, when I, those opportunities I had in high school, I still feel like I have those opportunities now to this day, but I don't know. Something about coming back home to Bainbridge Island is, sorry, is, uh, I'm bringing you back. Uh, it's, it's a very special place and it's a blessing to be here. And I don't, that's, I, I keep coming back here. I always find myself back here. So I think at some point, if I do settle down, it, it'll be out here for, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything that, was here that's not here now that you you miss? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. My loved ones like Uncle Bob, Dad Baker, Rick Baker. Oh yeah, I mean Bob Callister. Like there's. What about establishments? Like were you around when the bowling alley was here? It just closed down like right when I. I think it, it might have still been open. Like I had never been in though when I first moved here. I heard about it, but I was never. I didn't know anybody enough to actually was invited to the bowling alley. So I <laughs> missed out on the bowling alley, but I did know of it. Yes. I, it was around. Uh, well, I, I just would have thought cause it was right next to the theater right there. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but I didn't, yeah, I, I think when I started doing theater, it just closed down, but then we would always, we'd always go down to Isla Bonita all the time. That was still there doing uh, shows. We, that's in between matinees. We'd always go down there and eat and drink, well, not drink because we were kids at the time, but food and everything. And then, uh, no, I think everything's pretty much still here for the most part. I mean, there wasn't really much. The youth center back at the high school, we hung out there a lot. That's no longer there, which is different. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was kind of cool. But it's, uh, yeah, I just, I, it was just tiny little building back at the high school. That's no longer there. But no, I yeah, think that's. A little portable with like yeah. a pool table and football. Yeah, just pretty cool. It's just a cool little Books place for us to hang TV. out. Yeah, that's all I needed. Yeah. Pretty much it. But no, it's pretty. Pretty much the same for the most part. It's just a lot bigger. What was the craziest thing? Craziest thing you saw when you were a kid here on Bainbridge? Yeah, <laughs> the craziest thing. I saw a porta potty on fire once. Uh, that's the craziest thing. We actually, my friend Mark Williams and I in high school, we were bored. We were porta potty tipping at the time, and we were <laughs> we were fire cadets, so we were kind of like volunteering with the fire department, and we had the scanners. So I don't know. We were just bored just bored driving around, just porta potty tipping in the middle of the night. And this call comes in to the neighborhood. We were just at porta potty on, t- on fire. Da, da, da. And we come back and the one we tipped is on fire. And we're, and we're Mark and I are looking at each other like, what the hell? How the, how the hell did that happen? We pushed it over. There's no way they caught it on fire. So we're starting to bug out thinking, uh Oh, <laughs> what do we do? But we didn't, we're not saying anything, of course. So, you know, the fire captain comes up and, and they, since we're the cadets there, they allow us to put the fire out, the extinguishers and all that. It's pretty cool. But I'm thinking at the time, they know we push this over uh. and they're making us put it out. I don't know how it caught on fire. And I was bugging out thinking we're going to get in a lot of trouble. They're like, no, I just put the fire out. 
That's it. We just wanted to do that. It's like, and they asked, like, well, how'd you, how'd you guys get here so quick? I'm like, uh, we just happened <laughs> to have the scanner on us. That, that's all. But it was, it was a cool experience. But in the meantime, yeah, we, it was, it's Bainbridge. Nothing too crazy happened. I remember, I don't know, I heard about a murder years ago. Like, I think it might have been a drug deal down in the south end. People got shot, uh, shot to death. But yeah. I think that might have been the craziest thing. The rumor was that was a police officer was involved in that. I think so, or something like that. Yes. Yeah, and they were dealing cocaine in the woods or something. And yeah. two people did not leave the woods. Yeah. Is that correct? I, I believe so. Something like that, of that sort. I'm not. So I'd love to get into more of this island lore. Yeah, let's make a movie out of it. Let's yeah. Do it. We could, dude. Let's talk about the brothel. Right. There in Eagle Harbor. And, <laughs> yeah. Which is just now a chimney. That's the only thing left of it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. I've been in the woods for a while. I've seen some things. Is the chimney still there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just creepy. past the, the auto. Yeah. It's still right green there, light. Right there. Whatever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. There was a recent murder here. Did you yeah. Hear about that? Yeah. I heard. Yeah. And the guy, uh, he just got sentenced, right? I think 31 years. Which kind of blows me away because he emptied 16 clips in the back of his boss. So it was really premeditated. But now they're talking about abortion doctors getting 99 years. It doesn't equate in my mind. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, we're living in some funny times, man. When you lived here, was it uh, big world problems or was it a bubble of protection? <laughs> it's, it's a bubble still. Like, it still is today <laughs> in a little sense. Uh, no, it's it was a very strong community sense. I like that. It, Growing up, you know, they still bartered with trades and all that. Like, mm -hmm. I'll do this for that. And it was really cool to see. Uh, and if, just small community taking care of each other. Like, everybody knew everybody. And it's uh, it's it's interesting now we're walking down the street where I don't recognize people are going on the boat where you see, like, 80 people you know. It's like, hey, what's up? Not so much now. So it, that's a little different to kind of get used to because every time you go out, you, you run into – you always run into somebody out here. But not so much now. So it's a little – it's a little cool. I think there's a little separation in, in money, too, of old money yeah. and new families. Yes. And Absolutely. So there's a disconnect communally. Mm -hmm. But I think you need to be community-minded if you live here. Oh, yeah. Because Absolutely. you're going to run into the same person at the grocery store. And you better have a different story than you told me yesterday. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? otherwise, I'm just like walking past the fruit. And like, <laughs> don't look at me. Don't look at me. I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to him. That's hard, though. But, you know, we all do that. Sometimes. I mean, there are, are people here that, yes, it happens. But going back to your porta potty uh, story, I, I want to tell a story about <laughs> when I was a kid. We, um, there was, you know, those press bars on the, on glass doors at the gym, you know, like yeah. that fire hazard where you just press yep. the bar and it opens up. Mm -hmm. Well, I learned because I was a deviant child and a bit of a deviant, soon to be senior citizen too, um, I could take a coat hanger, wedge it between the two doors and oh, yeah. pull that bar down from outside. And then me and my friends could go in and play basketball in the gym instead of the blacktop there you go. Because the gym floor was so much nicer. Yeah. Well, there was also these uh, boys and girls bathroom at this elementary school. Um, and there was a concrete wall between them. So after playing basketball, we'd go on this really nice, it was like a, a courtyard of grass and it was a rectangle of classes all, all around it. Right. Well, okay. It was a big space. Yeah. And I remember going to elementary there, nobody was allowed on the grass. <laughs> and if your ball rolled out there, you would have to get an adult to go get the ball off the grass. 
<laughs> it was that bad. So Saturday morning, we would get up early at seven, play basketball for about an hour and a half, and then we'd go play soccer. Well, the goal, we took the chalk and put it between the two doors on the concrete, and the door was one post, the door was the other post, and the concrete chalk. Well, um, I had a pretty hard shot, <laughs> and the office window was right <laughs> nice. next to the bathroom right. door. <laughs> So the soccer ball goes right through, you know, this well before double pane glass was invented. Oh, yeah. That's how old I am. <laughs> and then just shatters, just so loud. And then the fire alarm goes off. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then all the, the, the recess bells, they're all, it's just so loud. And there's only like four of us there, right? And we're like, oh, shit. So we get on our 10 speeds and school was about two miles away, but it was a flat ride. So we were pedaling as fast as we could, you know, mock, mock, mock 10. <laughs> and we see two police cars with sirens, three fire trucks just whipping by. And we're like, oh my God, just got out of there. Just got out of there. <laughs> um, I come home and my dad's kind of surprised that I'm so sweaty <laughs> and tired and, you know, freaking out a little bit. And he's like, what happened? I was like, nothing wasn't but about two hours later somebody called and said uh is this to himself i'm like yeah uh found your soccer ball because i had like a good boy wrote my exactly. name and exactly. phone number the on you the did ball. yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> so that was my, my first introduction to restitution <laughs> good times lesson learned that's pretty funny i would hope lesson is learned i won't put it past me <laughs> to do something just as ignorant yes Put your name on your property. That's what we did as kids. Well, we wrote it on our shirts. Yeah. Shirts, underwear, everything. Well, you see it on the Goldbergs right now. And it <laughs> reminds me of junior high PE class. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you got the little uh, like banner there. and Gaspari. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do it in your underwear. Like somebody would steal your underwear. Why do I, mom, why do I have to have my name in my tidy whities Hey, moms always know best, apparently. I don't know. I never got it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love those commercials where you, you can't. Um, not turn into your parents. <laughs> so I was literally telling my kid the other day after he lost the soccer ball, expensive one, and it's not the first thing he's lost. Um, I was like, you got to put your name on that ball. It's like, hell yeah, you're right. It's expensive, son. Yeah. So that- Own it. Yeah. This is Pakistani child labor. That's good stuff. <laughs> you're working hard, man. Join that ball. Um, so yeah, I'm turning into my parents a little bit. I think we all have a little bit of those traits, you know, the things that we don't. Sure. Don't, it's kind of inevitable in a sense. Don't really care about or like about our parents. And then we those find the ourselves. Those are the qualities we get. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and we pick up. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I'm just like him or her. <laughs> but you don't see it in yourself, right? <laughs> uh, never, of course, until you do it. You're like, damn it. I'm yeah. my parents now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, I got a guy that mows my lawn. There you go. No, all right. There you go. I don't think I'm there yet. Oof. Not no, yet. <laughs> we went to edible landscape and got rid of the grass. Just threw bark down for the dogs. There you go. Nice. Dust bowl at times, but <laughs> don't have to mow to the yard. Problem solved. I like it. I like yeah, your style. Yeah. Nice. So you're heading out tomorrow to New York. Um, what you got coming up going forward? What are your big plans after you've reset here on the island? I don't know yet. Like that's, <laughs> I'm just going to go with the flow on this one. We'll see. Uh, I think. After this show, I don't know, I'll st maybe stick out in New York for the summer, maybe. Uh, just try to work the scene there. Because now Episodic uh, 
season is up and going, which means like more TV shows, more uh, the what? You know, like pilot season, episodic season. There's there's always different kind of seasons going on in uh, in the entertainment industry where the the winter is pilot season where there's new movies, TV shows are being made or being produced, and so episodic is more uh, ep- new episodes for TV shows or uh, new social media stuff like web series kind of a thing. So there's always something going on. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. It, it's just going out there and doing it. Just a rat race. Just going auditioning. <laughs> do whatever I need, whatever I can. I don't uh-huh. know. So it's no set plan yet. I don't know. Like, it's just, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just had a flashback from high school. There was a done lumber by yes. my house and my father <laughs> was a car, did a lot of carpentry. So we always went to done lumber and it's yeah, yeah. kind of like pre home depot. It was a family like the McClendon hardware store or whatever. Yeah. The, the Dunn family. I don't know if it's still a business now. If, yes, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I believe it's because we just did the commercials. Yeah, absolutely. You were the freaking spokesman for Dunn. I was the box, the big box. You were naked on TV. Yeah. Which I is was. a cardboard box. Well, it's funny because when we first did those commercials, uh, we first filmed them all, but I had an orange apron. And then after we were all said and done, we get a call from the agent. It's like, yeah, it's not going to work. Home Depot owns the rights to those aprons. Get out. So I was like, Damn. So I had to you shoot. can own a color apron? They do, apparently. So you got to like, just continuity. You got to, you just got Damn, that's some power. Yeah, right? An orange apron. So. That's like Amazon getting into the finance world. Like we're, we're going to start banks. Yeah. You can just exactly. pay us directly. We'll build everything. We'll and drone we it to you. This, they called back, like, we want to redo it. But we view in a costume change. You're just in a box now. I'm like, okay. And we did it. And it was a think just, outside of the box. Think outside, exactly. Interesting. But. That was one of those auditions where I just walked in and I knew it. I knew right when I when I started going, I was like, I got this. I, I mean, I was just connecting with everybody. It was just, it, it, it worked. It was magical. And I loved it. And I couldn't get enough. I was like, no, no, keep me in here because I want to keep going. This is fun. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was was it, great. What, wasn't there a couple? It was like a small series. Yeah, like six of them, six or seven, something like that. And it was, it was pretty decent money. It was a pretty good payout for that one. It's nice. pretty nice. So yeah, it's, uh, and that's, that's a nice little uh, thing for my reel because it's just short and sweet. So it's commercial wise. It's, it's nice. So it's, it's good to have these gigs once in a while. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. Was that guy a, a Dunn brother or an actor that was in? That was just an actor, Jay. He's uh, my buddy Jay. Like, we still keep in contact. Really? Uh, yeah, we just. Because that's an old commercial, ain't it? it? A couple of years now. Yeah, a few years now. Yeah, it's been. That's got to be more than a couple of years. Gee, I don't know. Shit. 2005. Oh, man, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been more than a few years. But it was, it was fun, man. It was totally fun doing that stuff. And, and then people in the street like, you're the big box guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that one brother in the Affleck that never says anything, but he's in every commercial that Affleck ever did. And then he got a job on The Office or something. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's crazy. How that's crazy, work. though, man. But yeah, I mean, like the but the the flow, like the progressive lady, Snapple lady. You know, but now she she or even she probably has gotten paid so much money to do that. Like she probably can't do any other work until her contract is all said and done, and then she has to re do her image to do to start doing others. It's hard, man. And after that, I'd retire. You know, like, I'm if you good. got a hundred commercials and they're still And your money, them, money is not a problem at that point. Yeah, you look at Geico and the, the caveman keeps making another cameo, right? Every time, every time. And yeah. that commercial Yeah, was, there's, still, there's, there's still some actors that I, that I know that have been living off residuals. It's not a bad thing. No, it's hard getting it though, right? It's very hard. And it is, 
I mean, there are, oh man, I mean, there are times where like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is, I'm done. I just, I just don't have the energy to do it. Mm-hmm. But somehow I just keep doing it. I don't know. There are all the other times where like, I, this may, and there's, there's a part of me that knows that it may not happen at all. Right. And that, that's a very big possibility, but I'm willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, okay. Let's say it doesn't happen. You okay with that? Probably not, but it's like, what else am I going to do at that point? Like, I don't know. Like, there, are, there are other things I can do that can make me happy. Right. Like, so I'm grateful for able to do other things or have been able to do other things. There have been experience, experiencing other things. Like I, I can do whatever I want. Do you much, do but. any uh, side work like uh, coach uh, martial arts or oh, CrossFit? Yeah, like CrossFit and all that, personal training. Uh, out in New York, I was doing personal training, working at a gym. Like I still have... My name associated with the gym I used to own out here. So if I come back here, I can always coach there if I, if I want to. And I think I will because it's... Yeah, shout that place out. Give them some love. Yeah. Yeah. CrossFit Lomolo. My old place it used to be uh, CrossFit Paulsbo. But it's... Yeah, it's still going. Still going strong. It's still there. Right in between Paulsbo and Kingston. Kind of tucked away in the industrial park. But it's... Right about think- CB's Nuts. Like where they roast their nuts and all that. And, uh, no, they've uh, grown. Yeah. They've awesome. got a contract with the Mariners. Yeah, it's cool. Boom. And then, uh, what is it? Fate? No, not... Um, what other farm places out there? I don't know. I totally forget them. Whatever. <laughs> but it's out there. I mean, it's out there for a few years. And my old partner, Dave, he's still holding the fort down and all that. So it's it's cool. Yeah, I stepped away from that and went out to New York. And yeah, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but it... it it is what it is, man. <laughs> but I went out there, so now I got this gig coming back. So, I mean, it's, like I said before, it's just, a, it's a real blessing to be able to come back here whenever I feel like I, I need to. It's, it's really, really cool, like, running into people that still support me, like you, Tim, have me come on the show. Like, this is, it's really cool, man. This is, uh, this is inspiring for me. I'm easily inspired in many things, but this is, this gives me hope to keep going on, keep going forward and all that, keep, keep going after the dream. If you will. Well, when I saw the Rockaway uh, reel, you know, I kind of knew everybody, but I didn't know you. I don't know if that changed my thought process about it, but I thought next to Ted, your performance was was very present. Thanks, man. You were in character and, you know, the camera likes you. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. No problem. And maybe we can meet up when um, I'm in NYC. Cause dude, I would love to, man. Go out there cool. often. And you yeah. Show when, me. when you out there, you, July, you said? Yeah. I'll be out there. Maybe come see the show. Yeah. Get you some tickets, dude. You know anybody with get me tickets? Hey, <laughs> I know some people. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Italian mob. Hey, hey they're out there. Hey. <laughs> Before we go, um, you coffee drinker? Uh, not so much coffee, but I will murder a hot chocolate. I'm a big nice. man, baby. Food. Coffee, Coffee makes me off the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, people are like, yeah, I'll give you caffeine. No, I, I can't focus. I, so you, you sleep well and all that? Oh yeah, I sleep pretty well. Yeah. I feel, feel good. I yeah, coffee. There. Do you? Like, I, don't, I don't have I don't too much coffee, but. I like the smell of coffee, but I don't know. It just There's so much different coffee now. This when I used to work CBD for. coffee and the mushroom coffee. <laughs> when I used to work for Marvel Comics as like Spider-Man, they, they'd have his travel around the country doing like these Spider-Man stunt shows. And, and I was dog tired in one show and they had me like take an espresso. I had like two espressos. And that has less caffeine than a regular I, cup. Dude, I, I mean, I was, I couldn't even control myself. Even the cast members like, would pull me aside like, what, what is wrong with you right now? Like, I don't know. I'm just having a great time. Woo. I'm just so, off the wall. Were you actually Spider-Man? I was. And it's, yeah. Marvel has a, 
So a studio out there, right? Uh, they have them out in, uh, I think they're in Georgia, oh, Marvel okay. Studios, because they're all filming. No, no, there. I mean like a, a Marvel theater or something like that. Uh, they do like Marvel appearance, like character appearances and stuff on the East Coast and West Coast. And so now that, uh, they do a lot of uh, educational shows. So when I worked on Spider-Man 3, um, I was working, my old college roommate got me hooked up on doing stunt stuff for Spider-Man and it, it was just a blast. I bet. I mean, they flew us all over the country just to dress up these superheroes. I mean, we did did we did these shows. They were rehearsed and stunt shows and all that. We were like forty five minutes at the tops, and they paid so well. It was awesome. I loved it. So it's not like on the Hollywood stars, Spider Man passing out maps to the stars. No, but the cool thing is, like when you sign that contract, (laughs) they 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 took it seriously. Like if you Mm -hmm. if there there's some some or gigs that you had where where people would test you, like they would test you because right. there i mean there's some real diehard fans out there and mm-hmm. they will let you know it which is awesome which is really cool to see that grown people like just eating this up but they'll ask you like hey spider-man issue so-and-so on page three what'd you say it's like dang dude i don't know that much about comic books but but being a character knowing the character spider-man he's a smart ass when he has a when he has the costume on so you can kind of get away with it but you have to maintain the character all the time you have to respect that and honor that because these People love these characters and they know when you're not being, when you're not honest. And it's right. I was and interacting with these people. It's, it's it, they put you on your toes. You're like, wow, you, this is not, an, this is not an easy gig if you don't know what you're doing. And so they, even though I grew up knowing the comic books, I had to do more research on it because they, they would ask you some stuff like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, fun, man. I was listening to Joe Coy, the comedian yeah. yesterday. And he was talking about Spider-Man and how he took like his five-year-old to see Spider-Man. And my son saw that Spider-Verse yeah. or whatever a couple awesome. times. I heard it was really Great. good. I still haven't Fantastic. seen it. But I don't know if he was referencing that movie or another Spider-Man because there's been a lot of renditions. But he took a carpool of little kids basically to go see Spider-Man. And all these kids were like, oh, it's so great. You know, he shoots his webs. He's so awesome. So cool. And then Joe's boy was like, dad, is he wearing Nikes? <laughs> like, like yes he is <laughs> he there was de- definitely definitely product placement in it oh yeah and the kid was like it's kind of unrealistic that he could shoot spider webs and hold on like that between buildings dad <laughs> and does he work for nike you know he's just going, and all the other kids are it like smart spider-man spider-man <laughs> spider-man greatest thing ever it's like that doesn't make any sense like, what <laughs> that's yeah. pretty funny so it's all how we receive things sure in a lot of ways that's pretty funny. Kids are smart, man. Yeah, that's. I had a blast doing Spider-Man stuff. It's too much fun. I bet. Oh, was it? Oh, god! You can do whatever you want. It was great. Jimmy and Spider-Man decor at home. Spider-Man PJs with the foot. I on. still have the suit. Shh. Yeah. You got a favorite restaurant on the island? Man, uh, always a sucker for Swatis. Like their chicken pad thai. By far, I've never had anything so okay. good. I, I love Swatis. Is by far the best Thai restaurant I've. I think I've ever been to. Wow. Yeah. It's, High I, praise. I love it. Yeah. And the cool, I used to, uh, yes, the trans, they used to coach me back in middle school for like wrestling. It was great. It was cool. I love them. Good family. Nice. <laughs> um, Tony, thanks Tim, for your time. Tim, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank I'm going to so look forward to more conversations with you as life progresses. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. This is great. I hope this uh, keeps growing, dude. This is cool. I hope you have going on here. This is cool, man. Thank you very much. Hey. You've been listening to The Bystander. Be kind.
Thank you.